This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Look out, takes, Almunia saves, knock out, follows in, Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy Dini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Hello, you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Carl. And I'm Peter. And, well, Boxing Day. Let's talk about Boxing Day, shall we, Peter? First, before we go into the actual ins and outs of Boxing Day, I think my point about Boxing Day stands that it's usually a piss-poor affair, and I think that was borne out right in front of our eyes yesterday, losing at home as we did 1-4 to Bristol City. Obviously, we did discuss the game on the spaces, but what a damn squib that wasn't it yes yes it was and there's been lots of conversations about you know tiredness and fatigue and fitness but you know I mean, and, and those go from well in the 90s people used to be able to run around on heavier pitches and be able to do this why, why now are these delicate flowers who are you know kind of trained and scientifically you know kind of sports science is there to make sure they're in an optimum level why do they always look like they've been out on the lash and are completely fucked when it turns up at three o'clock on a Saturday. It is a reasonable question, I think, bearing in mind that, you know, we have been, you know, uh, for example, resting Ryan Andrews and, you know, has he got another knock? Has he got a pull or something or other? Because he, he wasn't the the same player that we thought we might have there. And obviously Tom Daly Bashiru came on and showed how to be not quite a player there at all because he was insistent to play in central midfield rather than at right back for goals three and four. Yeah, it's Sorry, Tom, mate. As a right back, you make a pretty decent midfielder as far as I'm concerned. So, yes, it was all a very damp squib. It does indeed fill up your whole aspect about going, I don't like Boxing Day football. And quote, unquote, I'd rather be sat at home in the armchair drinking and watching telly. Yes. 
I mean, I don't like being right on this occasion because it's spoiled a rather nice run of results. But yeah, it's just awful. I think we ought to explain here, this is supposed to be an opposition preview for Stoke. Oh, we, uh, we will talk about Stoke at some point in a in a glib and facile manner. I was just going to point out he's not here. Yeah, Dave Dave <laughs> of, of Wizards of Drivel isn't well, and he was an absolute star on the Trenton Monkey Forest and Titanic episode. This will go down even better than that. Budum Tish. But there we go. I see what you did there. There you go. Right, yeah, so back to yesterday then. I was sitting in the family stand, but I did notice that the egress into the family stand from the turnstiles, in fact, going back beyond that bar, the name of which escapes me, almost towards the corner where it joins the, the Graham Taylor stand, was very, almost dangerously congested which is something that I noticed. And I think you you did as well, because you well, moved something to me. I, I was there and I've taken a photograph of it. And if I hadn't managed to completely blow the battery before starting this, I'd have copied it, uh, copied this here, but I'll pop it up on, up on Twitter so that people can see it. I mean, we've spoken about it before and, you know, we've spoken about talking to Andy, you know, Justin went, sorry, Carl went in and spoke to Andy, the head of security. And it's good that we've got an understanding that they're dealing with some security issues, people trying to get in and do that. But the solution is, to be quite frank, gentlemen, it's absolutely top-heavy. It is ridiculous. Where you go in, if you are not familiar with what is, I suppose, the northwest entrance by the Graham Taylor mural to, to the family stand, and it is the only entrance to the family stand in that particular respect, you've got a row of about, I don't know, what, eight turnstiles, something like that. Yeah. And yeah. literally as you go through in, immediately on your left is the entry point. It's the walkway, you know, to go in behind the uh, behind the Vicarage Road stand, the, the North stand or the family stand or the Ann Swanson, as we should call it quite correctly. And you've got four or five of these stewards there. Yesterday was even worse than it has been previously because – we go to the bunker first of all. We come up, we come through the through the upper Graham Taylor, walk through the queue that they had caused simply by making people show them their ticket again. Bearing in mind the whole point of having electronic ticket barriers is to try to take out the the need for human people to be there in the in you know in the if you remember the little days of turnstiles and the little man sitting behind a brick wall. You know all of this efficiency completely fucking wasted by these five assholes sitting there going, no, they're not assholes because we've been told before, don't have a go at them. They're being paid minimum wage. Watford, try not paying them minimum wage rather than blaming everybody else for having a go at them because of the pitiful amount that you are paying them, right? Mm. The fact that you have managed to outsource this at close to or below the minimum wage that you can get away with is no justification as to why you should choose to make the experience of the family stand, right? The family stand. Are you getting the pivotal word here? Right. Mm. I was sat there with my son. My son's 19. We still go in the family stand. That's still fine. Right. He was 18 at the point of the renewal. I'm sure we'll be bumped out somewhere soon, probably outside of the ground after this, but never mind. (laughs) There were a number of people with their kids looking to try to get in. Now, this queue is, it's 12, 15 deep. It is frankly fucking stupid. And I'm sitting there right back. I'm doing my normal grumbling, moaning, kind of mumbling and moaning. And my, my son's doing his normal thing at the age of 19 saying, why am I out in public with a parent for God's sake? You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> You've got F- Phil Williams, right? Who is the one person there who 
fucking does a great job. He's sitting there with the drum and he's yeah, bringing over the kids. But of course, he's sitting there normally because people are walking in and out. It's fine. But you've got kids coming through. You know, you've got parents with two kids trying to get through this swathe to get across to Phil so their, their kid can have a bang on the drum. And it's all very nice because that's what the family stand experience should be. What it shouldn't be is five people having to do this ridiculous fucking check of everything once they've already come through. It's absolutely yeah. stupid. It's utterly well, stupid. And as a customer experience, Watford, it is reprehensible. Cool. You can do mm. so much better. If there is a problem with people taunting the uh, taunting the youth, uh, you know, the, the, the opposition, put your stewards there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's how you yeah. stop it. I've sat, and loads of people will have sat on away games, two or three rows away from, well, in my case, last case, rabid West Brom fans who all wanted to come over and kill me and everybody else. But me, I was slightly more concerned with my own personal welfare when Richarlison popped up with that last-minute equaliser to make it two all. Anybody who will there will remember it. And, yeah, they wanted to. But you know what? They're stewards. Nothing happened. It's fine. Yeah. Why are we so petrified? Oh my God, somebody's going to say something nasty to somebody from Bristol City. Bristol City were shouting out nasty stuff about us all game. Fair play to them. It's a football match. But if they're in somebody else's seat, then they would be having that conversation anyway. But if you put the stewards down the line of the seats rather than at the, you know, at the point of entry to the stand, wouldn't that be something? I mean, the thing is that the level of, people that were there the volume of people that were there was akin to when you try and get out of a gig and there's only one uh exit available i mean that's the only kind of volume that i can describe it as you've been to a gig you're trying to get out and there's 45 50 60 70 people in front of you you think god i just want to get out of here or just want to get in or get through and it's impossible because there's just so many people there and it it, it is absolutely ridiculous There, there is none of this in the lower graham taylor there's none of this in the upper graham taylor there's sort of the main trouble area seems to be ironically the Anne Swanson family stand now obviously you could say that is like we've just discussed it's right next door to the away fans but like you say a row of stewards up the the entirety of the stand uh, and and if people are in other people's seats you say excuse me there's someone in my seat and the steward moves them to their proper seat that, there's, there's no need for this checking there's at least four or five of them there checking can I see where you're sitting, please? Can I make sure you're in the right stand? It's Literally, fucking- it was eight or nine across and it was 15 deep. Easily, yeah, easily. And I was going in with relatively good time before the game. I hate to think what it was, you know, two and three and four minutes before the game, because it's, you know, obviously that's when it that's when it's important. You know, if you want it, if you want to sort it out, just get the lady whose name the stand is mentioned with just sitting at the door, just giving people the eye. 86 or not, you wouldn't fuck with her. Yeah. She'd, you know, the lady's <laughs> reputation speaks for her in every good sense. So there we go. That's, I think- that's, that's, that, that is it sorted. You just have Anne Swanson sitting on a chair at the entrance and going, I don't want any nonsense and that'll be it. Everyone Can you imagine? Go, oh, Can you imagine? No we'd, we, that we'd all be walking in there, all of us people between like, you know, 50 and like 35 and she'd just be yeah. looking at you going, are you chewing? And you'd just go, oh God, no, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Why have you I gone red, you- Dad? Oh, don't ask, don't ask. She's telling me off again. Love her to pieces. I've, I've known Anne for bloody 40 years and she still frightens me and I'm nearly 50. So, <laughs> <laughs> 
God bless her. She was there. To be be honest, if you really want to deal with the the thing, put Anne next to the away fans. I mean, crying out loud, that give them no – I'd be taking odds, and trust me, they'd be very favourable for the away end because they'd have no chance. There wouldn't be much singing, would there? There'd just be everyone be very quiet and behaving themselves. I think that's a fine idea. We'll pitch that if we get to go to the – one of those meetings whenever it is where we get to talk about stewarding and the stadium experience, which is getting worse as time goes on. Well, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. You will have seen that the our our places have been mooted, I think, but don't quote me on this. Is I think it's the ninth and the eleventh, I think it is. And it's one one is around like the commercials and one is with regard to the stadium and the stewarding and the ticketing and basically the kind of the match day experience. So it will include the flasks, the food, people. If this pisses you off, get down there and let them know what you think. If it doesn't piss you off, get down there and know, let them know what you think. It's great to have a balance to it. But I think most people who go down there will be, you know, talking about the issues that they've had and can it possibly be improved. And it's in everybody's best interest to improve the match day experience because if I'm a six or seven-year-old or a five or six-year-old and I'm being taken by my dad to the football and I'm kind of confronted with these metal gates, I mean, that's scary enough for a kid. If you're in there Mm. and suddenly you are literally waist height waiting and shuffling in an area that is becoming cramped. I mean, we all know of the disasters that have occurred with crushing in areas. It is not at those levels. I'm not suggesting in any way, shape or form, but think about it as a formative experience for a five, six, seven, eight-year-old who you are wanting to come to the family stand, to have a family environment. They've got the fantastic Junior Hornets zone You know, previously. They're trying to do everything they can to try to create fans for life. This moment is the one that people will go away with trauma and parents won't like it because that's the last thing they want. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, you're of a fairly sizable height. You're well over six foot, I imagine. I wonder where you were going there. Hey, no, don't worry. I'm not going that down. When I said said 15 wide, I was talking about my preference. Yeah, go on. (laughs) I'm sort of 5'8", so I can sort of see what's happening ahead of me. But if I was, you know, a small child, that would be quite frightening, quite intimidating, actually. So I think the people that run the whole stewarding ought to go and have a look at that before a game because it's not a happy experience. And as I say, it was the worst I've ever seen. It certainly went past all of the turnstiles and almost to the corner of where it joins the Graham Taylor stand. That's how deep it was and five, six, seven people wide. So well, well, there, not good. there is a thing going through. There is a thing. There is a bill going through the government at the moment and it's passing through various stages. I appreciate it. No, I know this, you're going to be sitting there going, oh my God, you're going to be contentious here, right? It's a thing called Martin's Law and it basically all comes from the Manchester bombing, the attack, which was uh, done at the Ariana Grande concert and it was somebody who walked Yeah, it was somebody who walked in at the end of the concert through an open exit door. Had nothing to do with entry, had nothing to do with security going in the entrance to the event. It was all about just the kind of, well, we'll just open the doors and let everybody spill out. Now, I haven't seen anything that improves the 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 security at the point of exit, right? That is right. a really 
big thing. And I mean, I mean this everywhere. I'm not just labelling this at Watford. That's when it happened. So it's kind of, it's very hard to kind of manage it. It's a hugely emotive thing. It, you know, a lot of people will say, and I was chatting with people on Saturday, that, you know, the number of events... And that's a one-off. And it is, but the nature of these kind of things is a one-off. It's only prudent and right that people should try to make sure that anybody turning up to a sporting event leaves safely and, you know, securely. That's the number one thing. I get that completely. But actually what's going on at the moment seems to be in the build-up to this, something that goes beyond what the recommendations are within the bill currently at this moment in time, which is basically Mm. turning around and saying, we need to do it. And they're looking at a cutoff, which is basically a venue with over 800 or under 800. Okay, it's a thousand, I think, isn't it? No, it's eight hundred. It's eight hundred. Is, okay. is, 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 is the law? I've got. I was going through the law the other day, or the the bill that is looking to pass. However, even even the government appreciate that if they put into place for all sorts of venues, not just football, right, but but everywhere, if you put into place something that is commercially makes it completely unviable, businesses will go out of business. You've got to be able to. It's got to be viable. So it kind of the the law at the moment as in its current state as I have recently seen and if it's been updated since then fine it comes down to you having to have and it puts the onus on the event holder so Watford have got to do this and football clubs have got to do this and concert goers will have to do this this. yeah Yeah. all of this right they have to put into place what's going to go on and it you it has to be reasonable and practicable you have to be able to do it within within a, an expense tolerance within a cost tolerance because otherwise if you turn around and say well the cost of doing this basically means we've got to put tickets up to 500 you won't have anybody there and it'll be you know you're running the business into the ground so there's a whole element around this but what that is as it stands at the moment is less than we're seeing here with this sort of thing it just seems Seems, it seems peculiar. It seems oddly done, and it seems, to be honest with you, it's indelicate and being done in the in the worst individual stand. Because we should be making all of those kids who come in, as Phil does with the drum, as the guys do over at the, over at the church and the zone beforehand, trying to make it an absolute joy for them to come and it, it to be a place where they can bring the kids safely and securely. That's vital, but it's got to be a pleasant experience because those kids, at the end of the day, you want them to be lifelong Watford fans. You don't want them to be, oh, I went there and basically I stood up, basically stared at a man's groin for 25 minutes as we got bundled past people. You know, that's not good for anybody in any sense. So there we go. Exactly. Anyway, so where we are at the moment is we're halfway through our Christmas fixtures and we're doing a Stoke preview without Carl and without Stoke. So we still have our guest contributions, but we won't have a Carl um, uh, prediction or an EFL prediction. We will so bring them in. But we, in. <laughs> we will bring them in through the magic that is Justin and me editing it. <laughs> so there we go. There we go. Well, if we remember, Stoke was our third game of the season. Obviously, we'd, we'd beaten QPR and we all thought, oh, my God, aren't we on to great things here? And then it turned out the QPR were really that bad. And then we had the second game, which was uh, Plymouth at home, which was nil-nil, but still seemed a good performance. And the first defeat was away at Stoke and everything was a little bit odd. The first half was just really poor and they, they scored a goal. They've got a couple of players, one of whom who was left almost to the point of loneliness, which was the lad Vidigal, who was there, who, who was their left winger at the time and still is. But he was on fire at the time, but he's, as we speak, he's still their top scorer with five goals. 
Do you know who the next best, you know, the next best goal scoring is? Two. In the league? Yeah. Oh, two. 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 So they are not, you know, kind of, there's not this huge threat that we've got to kind of try to counter. Um, at the same time, we'd also been looking at a guy called uh, Marais, Wesley Marais, who had been at Aston Villa and we wanted this big centre forward. Uh, he's not a goal scorer. He's, you know, and, and therefore he's different to, you know, Ryovic, who knows how to score a goal if you put the ball into a certain place. What he is, yeah. this Marais, is just this big unit who occupies both centre-backs and, you know, kind of creates merry hell and bring, you know, potentially brings in others around him. But it's kind of, you know, we'll see where we kind of go with that. But, you know, they're down in 18th at the moment. They're not having a great time of it. They've recently changed their manager to the, ironically, the manager of the second game of the season rather than the third, Stephen Schumacher. So they went down to Plymouth and basically decided they were going to have him out of Plymouth, which hopefully means that Plymouth on the first won't be organised, fingers crossed. But he hasn't been there very long. Bounce? Have we got new manager bounce against Stoke on Friday? That's well, that's going to be that's going to be the question when we you know, when we see it, but they've not really kind of set the world alight to, to date. They've also got, you know, kind of assists again, the best is two. The difficulty is that if you have somebody who is like, you know, eight or nine assists, a, for example, Jaden, the lad, Philogene at Hull, you think, right, if we nullify him or, and if mm. we nullify Scott Twine, that might be their assists kind of dealt with. Now, they're not like that. They don't really have anybody who's like the standout. It's, it can come from, or it might have to come from anywhere. doesn't mean it's very good, but it means it's kind of, you're going to have to keep pressing and keeping pressure on everybody ideally. And, and, you know, when we spoke to to Dave from Forever Bristol City, he, he wasn't looking at a great deal of hope for yesterday. No, he In fact, wasn't. he forecast a three-one <laughs> no, Watford win. Yeah. You know, everybody yeah. went for a Watford win, with the exception of Jarvis, who went three-six. If you remember, mainly oh, yes. because num- a number of letters had or a number of numbers had seemingly <laughs> yeah. been eaten. More of that later. <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. Yeah. So he, yeah. he got a couple of points. So so there we go. But we will so see what happens. So what for, for on on Friday? Do you think he's going to start with Rayovich on his own again, or do you think he might start with Bio? And this is a good point actually for me to start my chant idea. I've tried it on Twitter. Hasn't really taken off. Come on. Does anybody remember the John Lennon Yoko Ono song, Give Peace a Chance? It's a very easy song. Literally, the chorus was, all we are saying is give peace a chance. Substitute peace for Reese, and we have a new chant for a Watford player, which I'd very much like to see happening when we're starting with someone like Ryovich. So, 1881, just have a little go on Spotify. Look up Give Peace a Chance. Very simple chorus. I will slot a little bit in right here. There you go. Seamless. Two chords, I think it is, and very easy to remember. (laughs) Give give Reese a chance. Do you think 1881 have to worry about the chords? I don't think so, really. Uh, Well, no, maybe not. I'll tell you what, though. One of the best chants I've heard this year, and I did want to mention this, was Ipswich, which was the Merry Christmas Norwich Scum. I don't know if you remember it, but it was Snow is Falling all around me, Ipswich playing, having fun. It's the season, back-to-back promotions, Merry Christmas Norwich Scum. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You know, sometimes you hear a chant and you go, How, who wrote it? Who spread that around? And how do they know when to sing it? Because that's superb. Hats off, Norwich. Very much enjoyed that chant. But yes, back to our one. Give Reese a chance.
There you go. Well, you see, that, but that, that works. It doesn't just have to be about selection. It's also like feed the goat and he will score. Give him a chance and he'll score. Yes. You, could, you know, you could see it while he's on the pitch as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I like exactly. that. I like that. Yeah. I do have to say the other day I was coming, I was come back for some reason. I'd actually got the window open, even though it was hot, you know, even though it was cold, sorry. And and they played Earth, Wind and Fire September. And uh, I was I was singing Abdelai de Kure before I realised I got the window kind of open. I was like, oh yeah, better not do. Yes. <laughs> Don't forget, everybody, a chant is for life, not just for Christmas. There you go. Uh, There you go. Absolutely. Which also knocks out the Ipswich one I just spoke about because that is a Christmas chant. Oh, I think they'll go with that. I think they'll go with that. This is Barry from Watford saying, you are listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Thank you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. <laughs> at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah. Anyway, in, anyway. The, in the meantime, right. bef- before the magic mm. that is editing and, and we managed to throw some old shit together <laughs> per normal. I'm so sorry, everybody. We know that you're very forgiving of us and we're normally rubbish, but today we're a little bit more so. So let's have a let's have a look at, you know, I think the time has come. The time has most certainly come to play. It's the DNSYE Completely Rubbish Prediction League. No, God, please, no, no. Excellent. Excellent. Like that very much. And that's why I keep playing it, despite a lack of interest from absolutely everybody. Well done, everybody. I can't blame you at all. So, yes, where were we? Where where are we in terms of the scores on the doors? Because it's been a couple of times when, when we've been two or three games now that we've been behind the curve because of yeah. you know, having to make forecasts before the previous game is played. We'll have yeah. to do that for Plymouth as well. But the current table as we stand sees John Parslow's Backgammon FC sit atop the league with 20 points. The only player so far to have broken the 20 point barrier Carlos had 18 points now most of these didn't come from the last game came from the came from the previous games the EFL normally sitting up top with Justin is sitting on 17 points on 16 points is the 1-1 prediction and Justin on 16 points artificial stupidity and Jarvis Cocker Spaniel sit at the bottom on 15 points the only person as I say to score some points which was two points from Jarvis Cocker he managed to predict a a three-point swing in the favour of in the favour of Bristol City and it, it it transpired that way. What can we say? What can we say? So Well, I'll tell you what we can say. What's uh, that? I've just had a message from Carl. <laughs> and it says it's just coming from our WhatsApp groups. It's boys, so sorry, I've completely seen something that wasn't said. I thought tonight was off, so I sodded out for my dinner. Sorry, my bad. So we'll get a we'll we will get a recording <laughs> prediction from him, sozzled and full of steak later on. Well, um, as we haven't got as we haven't got Stoke here. And we haven't even got where's Kev yet. We'll be seeing, we'll be approaching Dave in his unwell state at, and saying, give us a scoreline, give us a scoreline. But in the meantime, we mentioned earlier on that some strange things have been going on with, you know, with the dog, with Jarvis, 
with Jarvis. And we've been seeing the numbers dwindling. And I think this may have hit an all-time low. He's only got three numbers to select from. And one of them isn't even in the range that we thought was acceptable in the first place. Let's see what happens here. Now, I'm going to hold my hands up, mate. I'm partly responsible for this. We've got three counters left. I accidentally hoovered one up after you made a mess with all the snacks and biscuits from the last prediction. And I think you've eaten another one. So we're literally down to three, a number one, a four and a six. So there we go. He's got only got a one, a four, and a six. Now, now Ben and Jarvis have tried multiple different forms of, of predicting of predicting results. It started with plastic cups, which obviously wasn't good for the environment. This was immediately switched to in paper cups, but pe- you know because he, Ben, uh, sorry Jarvis, I should say, wasn't seemingly particularly interested. We turned them up the other way round, and that that worked a little bit better. But paper cups all got a little bit moist and gooey because if there's one thing we can say about Jarvis, he slightly slobbery in terms of that. There was the tombola of shite that was bought in for one week, which we thought was quite promising, oh, but but was yeah. immediately jettisoned. And now we have these transfers put on the on the top of uh, of a table or bench uh, with, with little treats next to them. We've got a one, a four, and a six. And Jarvis is going to select for, for the it's Watford not, score. It's not a great range, that, is it? Because you're going to get four six, four one, one six. Are you, are you, suge- mean- are you suggesting we are in somehow compromising the integrity of this excellent scientific test of seeing if a dog can well, predict scores? It's, it's almost less scientific in a way. Wait, what is it? We've, yeah, it's yes. less scientific because the control's gone. Yeah. It's four one, six one, or four six. I think That's we all. It, I think we all know basically the control mechanism went with the cups. To be quite frank, let's see what Ben manages to get out of out of him. Bearing in mind he's only got one, four, and six. We'll see how things go. How are we going to do this, bud? We've got Stoke, mate. We're playing Stoke. We're at home, so you pick away for Watford score first. What we're going? What's it going to be? Please don't pick a six. Maybe this is more realistic. Where are you going then, mate? What are you going for first? Go on then. Pick away. He's gone for the six. <laughs> He's eaten the four. We've, we've got two left now. <laughs> All right. Watford six. Pick Stokes, mate. What are you going? Not six. Oh God. Oh, excellent. Watford six. Stokes. <laughs> Well, there we go. There we go. But for audio only, he had a little image of the, or a little logo of the Trenton monkey forest there at the end, which I thought was very good. He's now eating the four, is that right? He's now eating the four. We don't know, of course, if he's eating the six or the one. I mean, the six seems to be getting... So that now, you have to recall the fact that really the range we were looking for was nil to five, which so far this season, we, we've neither conceded more than five or indeed scored more than five, but Rotherham got close. Let's remember that. We, we, we got close with Rotherham. And, but no, all of those seemingly have been eaten bar one now. Which and bear in mind, if he's only got one, and the last time he predicted one-one, we find him a point. He's buggered, really. I have to say, Ben's going to have to be—he's going to have to be going out in the sales and finding out alternative forms of prediction. It's clear. It's clear. Uh, or, or it's going to be six-one every week, and he could just dial it in. Jarvis has gone for one-six this week because he did the one first. If you see the videos, guys, you'll know nobody's dialing anything in here. It's this is not being phoned in. There is way too much effort going on with this. So we, yeah, so he's. Basically, basically gone for 6-6. Six, six. 
because he's an idiot dog, honestly. What can you do? And the dog wasn't looking very enthusiastic until he saw the six and just basically scoffed the bleeding lot twice. So we turn to, you know, from the bottom of the table to the top of the table. Mr. John Parslow, as we know, has been doing stupid things on a fairly regularly, sometimes twice weekly basis. And he seemingly got quite excited when he found out that uh, Give Reese a Chance could include having a chance Ooh. at a long throw. League, and it's Watford v Stoke, and it's Watford's last home game of 2023. In fact, it's their last home game until February 2024. With the unexpected news that Reese Healy can actually throw a ball, this game has suddenly turned into the long throw derby. And today, we'll be seeing who's got the longest throw Reese Healy or Stoke's ex player Rory Delap. Historically, one of the longest throwers in the league. Well, the great man is looking on, and the dice are on the pitch, ready to go. Reese Healy to go first for Watford. It's going to be a long one. What can he do? Now, I think we could fill in here. <laughs> Watford, three and a six, so that's three in total. John has basically placed the backgammon oh, at the foot of the Graham here. Taylor chaos statue, and he's Roy taking Delap. long throws How with dice towards a backgammon board. They're all over the place, Stoke. Where are you going? And it's two and a one. So that's Watford three, Stoke one. There you go. So, so basically, he decided to to recreate the long throws using dice towards the backgammon set that was sat at the foot of the GT statue. Now, oh, let's face it, he only once did he manage to get it actually in the board. In, in the home court, so to speak. The other one yeah. went one, all over the place on the patio in front of the Hornet shop. One actually went almost towards the entrance, the door entrance of the Hornet shop. I mean, anyone watching that, driving past on Vicarage Road, going, what is going on there? He's taking it to a new level. Yes, and the, the thing is, and you have to remember, he did this in order to point out the fact that we could do some really stupid shit and still be better than Carl and indeed, Justin. But actually, he sits atop of everybody. So if, even yeah, randomness is... realistic score. I reckon he's just thrown there, by the way. 3-1 uh, to Watford. Yeah. I think that's not a realistic score. So. He, he, has not, oh. he has not done bad there. The, uh, the random nonsense, by the way, which is me going on to calculator.net and the random number generator each time, has selected Watford 2, Stoke 5. Yep. We've gone back to the random, everybody. We thought the six all was going to be the worst possible scenario, but no, well, we were wrong. Watford two, Stoke five. Yes, that's it's it's a random button. I, I'm not holding it personally responsible. It's one of those things. Mm-hmm. One one mm-hmm. has selected one one, as we know. Yeah. We are waiting for the yeah. EFL forecast. But the really positive news is that means you can get to select yours before we either get Carl's or the EFLs in. That's true. I think. Oh, he's just put, I've messaged Kev, so we might get a Kev message. Could be a where's Kev moment, everybody. It could be a where's Kev moment. I think that John's is good. I like that 3-1. Obviously, I think 6-6 isn't good. Even after 4-1 to Bristol City, you still fancy that. Well done. Well, I'm going to put that down as a blip. This is, you know, normally, Peter, I would go, fuck you, we're on the downward trend again. I'm not feeling that. I think that was genuinely a blip. I think it was started with the wrong lineup, didn't have a right back, and they all looked a bit fucking leggy or just plain tired. And again, we go back to these, well, we used to play on pitches filled with sand and, you know, we had boots heavier than a, fucking rock and the ball weighed a ton and all the rest of it. So, yeah, you know, 
I think it was a blip. So I think we will win, particularly as you've just said, that their leading goal scorers only scored five. The next one's mm-hmm. two. Leading assists is two. Doesn't sound like there's any real consistent forward threat there. So I'm going to go for 2-0 Watford. Excellent. You're going for a return to fighting form. Excellent stuff. Well, we'll see how that yes. goes. Honestly, yes. this is worse than normal people, which is really, let's be honest, we have to go yeah, some I mean, way to plumb those depths. This is proper post-Christmas slump stuff, this. <laughs> this really is a new low. Yeah, hi, guys. Uh, my inability to read a text message has proved um, a problem. So, uh, yeah, massive, massive apologies for that. Um, in terms of score prediction... I hate to say it, I think it's going to be another bad day at the office. So I'm actually going to go for Stoke City to win. So I'm going to go Watford 1, Stoke City 2. And we've had a result in from Kev of Where's Kev? And he said, you're right, lads. I'm going to go 3-1 to the Hornets. Well, thank you very much for listening to An Opposition View without an opposition and without Carl. And and well, that's given us a bit of a, an editing nightmare. I very much don't enjoy ones where things are all out of order and I've got to cut this here, paste that there, do this, do that. I think you use a more sophisticated editor than me. That'd be all right. You, you told me you weren't doing anything tomorrow. That's fine. Yes, this is true. <laughs> this is true. It's I'm a sacrifice, but I'm prepared for you editor. to make it. <laughs> Right, well, thank you very much for joining us on this opposition preview, which has been different. It's definitely been different. To be fair, we had quite a lot of these last season. We've been very lucky this season where we've managed to sort of hit our targets and get people on as and when. Dave, I don't think, has been very well for a while because he's sort of been saying he's not been well when we've been messaging. So get well soon, Dave, if you're listening. Hopefully we can catch up with you soon and find out what's going on in the world of Wizards of Drivel. So we'll see you on Friday. And and (laughs) you'll just have to forgive us. We're very sorry, but normal. Thank you very much. See you down the bunker before the game on Friday or on the in the stands. See you later on. Yuons. Yuons. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.